next on BYU Sports Nation, two days away from the rivalry matchup. Emphasis on matchup. Where will the game be decided on the field? Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham joins us. Is he ready to hug it out with Kalani Satake? And does he care if BYU gets into the Big 12? Plus, the play-by-play voice of the Utes, Bill Riley. Does the rivalry feel different to him? And what's the chance BYU actually wins the turnover battle this year? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 8th, Mm. welcome to Studio B, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with MI6 drone pilot, Jerem Jordan. It's funny that you say that because uh, Lawn Starter, yeah, they're the source on drone-worthy stadium <laughs> lists. BYU's number three Lawn Starter? on their list of drone-worthy stadiums. Number three. Number one's uh, Washington. Number two is Colorado. Number three is Brigham. Surprisingly, number nine I think it was nine is Utah and ten is Utah State. So they love them mountains. Four of the ten are mountainous. Lawn Starter has determined. Can Lawn Starter come to my house and help me with my yard as well? (laughs) Because I just mentioned them. More importantly, can they kill milkweeds, right? Okay, serious thing. If you know how to kill milkweeds, I'm talking about the weed, not like the thing that pollinates easily for uh, bees and whatnot. Okay. If you know how to kill milkweeds, will you tweet at me? (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've tried looking online. I had no intention of bringing this up on the show, Home and but you garden. brought it up. Home and garden. Yeah, I need to watch HGTV way more, apparently. Which is always fun. I like watching this show. <laughs> I need to kill milkweed. Seriously, I put gas on it. I've used Roundup. It ain't working. Give me, legal or illegal, the remedy I need <laughs> to get rid of. Not illegal. Okay. What I need to kill the milkweeds. You have poured straight gasoline on them, and they still... I poured gasoline on this conversation. Come up through the dirt. Uh, I've literally put gasoline on them. <laughs> I don't even know if that's legal in Springfield. These are the types of things that you can now get on Stitcher, people. That's right. BYU Sports <laughs> Nation is available on Stitcher. Yeah, so if you want to listen or watch the show, there are so many options now. If you have any question as to how to reference it, just tweet at us. There are so many options now. It's awesome. <laughs> That. Today on BYU Sports Nation, we will be discussing how Legal to... means of getting rid of weeds. <laughs> what is this, Saturday morning? Like a home and garden show? What? <laughs> My bad. My bad for taking it there. Yeah, yes. You I'm did... still waiting for a tweet. No one's responded Does yet. Does anybody know? Do we have a garden expert anywhere that can kill, how to kill across BYU Sports Nation that can help Jerry? Put gas on the milkweeds and then throw a match on it. Burn those suckers. <laughs> no, I've tried that. I've tried that. I'm pretty sure that's against every city ordinance in Springville as well. Or whatever city I live in. (laughs) I already brought it up. I brought it up multiple times. on Anyway. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football, two days away from playing Utah at Rice Echoes Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Our conversation with Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham is in 30 minutes. Does the rivalry feel different to him And does he care about BYU getting into the Big 12? How would that affect the rivalry going forward if they they do get in? Will they still play the game? Yeah, good question. Number seven, women's soccer plays tonight at home against SMU. Nine Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars 
looking for another win at home. They're one and one. Yeah. Yeah. The one loss they had. Nebraska, I, and then they beat Tennessee 5 2. They're on the right track, though. Man, they are they beat Utah trending on in the right direction. Playing well. Nation's leading scorer as well, Ashley Hatch. Speaking of one of the nation's best, freshman libero Mary Lake is the ESPN Women's Player of the Week. She had 38 digs in a come-from-behind five-set win against 11th-ranked Ohio State, the second most since 2001 in a match for BYU. That's impressive. Uh, And she's had national love for that. She's six games into her career. Unbelievable. Also, she has a knee brace that she is affectionately named Amber. (laughs) That's not weird at all. (laughs) Daniel Summerhays. I can say that, family friend. Daniel Summerhays is playing today in the BMW Championship. Summerhays is currently shooting even through six, tied for 12th. So he's playing well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. You have met your match up. We're going to see new things from both teams that we didn't see last week. And again, BYU's offense, this offense, is an offense where Ty Detmer is going to take a look at what Utah has done over the years and what they did last week and tailor a game plan that's very specific to attack the weaknesses of that defense. BYU National Champion Blaine Fowler, college football analyst for BYU TV on the differences that we should anticipate on Saturday. We are now 55 hours away from the 91st edition of BYU-Utah. Yeah, you know let's the drill. Go. Hey, let's go. Blue versus red. Right versus wrong. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. <laughs> it's time, my friends, to take a really good look at where this game will be decided on the field from a matchup standpoint. Which is our Twitter question today. Spencer, what's the most important matchup in Saturday's BYU versus Utah game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BYUBaller10 in the trenches, the O-line needs to make lanes for Jamal and let Taysom be Taysom. That's a great point. Use the hashtag BYUSN weigh in. My matchup to watch is Utah quarterback Troy Williams versus the BYU defense. Ooh, okay. Utah has been unbelievable in turnover margin during this five-game win streak versus BYU. That's an understatement. They are plus 14. Huh? (laughs) Holy shnikes. Obviously, we all remember the first quarter in the Vegas Bowl. But the Ute offense, Spencer, hasn't had to do very much to beat BYU because of those turnovers, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. During Utah's five-game win streak versus Brigham, the Utes are passing for 197 per game. That's not good. Wait, what? What? That would be in the 90s uh, if that was over a season nationally in the NCAA, okay? Other stats. The quarterbacks from Utah, last five games versus BYU, 56% passing, 197 yards as mentioned, seven TDs, four interceptions. Those are not winning numbers. Those are not winning numbers. So is Utah rushing for a lot of yards? I'm talking outside of the turnovers. Are they winning the game? Yeah, if they're not passing the ball, right? what are they doing yeah. right? So so Utah's rushing for a lot of yards, right? Nope, 139 a game, three and a half yards per carry, seven TDs in five games. That's that's average, right? Would you say that's average? 139? Would you say that's average? Yeah, mediocre. Nope, maybe? worse. 139 a game nationally last year would have been 106th. About where BYU was, by the way. That's bad. Therefore, the turnovers have had such a huge role in this game. If BYU can avoid turnovers, and it's just straight up, Troy Williams versus the BYU defense is the matchup that matters to me. He's a playmaker in the pass game. He can stretch the field. They had two completions of 50-plus in that game, uh, Troy McCormick and Tim Patrick on the receiving ends of those. 
that could make the difference. Travis Wilson, uh, Jordan Wynn, John Hayes, they have not had to make plays to win games. In fact, Travis Wilson threw for, what was it, 71 yards in the Vegas Bowl? To me, if in BYU, a win. If BYU can, in the, turno- in the turnover margin, be even or even plus, Utah, Troy Williams is going to have to win that game for Utah. So that's the matchup to watch for me. Let me reiterate a few things that Jerem has now brought up. Utah's offense hasn't had to do anything special, not even really good, to win because of turnovers and the field position advantage. Secondly, if BYU can stop the Utah run, I think it will change everything in this game. And that brings me to the matchup I feel is the most important on Saturday night. The Utah offensive line versus the BYU defensive front seven. What was the number one concern for Utah coming out of their week one win, whether you talk to a Utah fan, a Utah player, or a Utah coach? Collectively, it was our offensive line struggled. Undoubtedly. Why did the offensive line struggle against Southern Utah? As a team, Jeremy, you mentioned they, they're averaging 139 yards rushing against BYU during the, the five, five games. During okay. the win streak versus BYU. They ran for 138 against Southern Utah. That's not a lot versus anybody, let alone an FCS. Let's call it what it is. Bad. Why? So how much can Utah shore up an offensive line in a week knowing that they're about to face a much stronger front seven in BYU as compared to Southern Utah? So here's my point. If BYU can shut down the run and make Utah a pass-heavy offense, then watch out. That offensive line and Troy Williams, who is a good player, but he's in his only second, he's in his second game at Utah, What's he going to do staring down a blitz-heavy front? Because if they can't run the ball, watch out for BYU to pin their ears back and be really aggressive. I think BYU will be aggressive, like you're saying. I think that a good quarterback can offset a poor run game. If you can get rid of the ball quickly. you can get rid of the ball quickly. I think that uh, the new receivers for Utah did gain some confidence against Southern Utah. I thought they played a pretty good game. And they do have some weapons on the outside, despite losing like the top four or five receivers. To me, the quarterback, yeah, the, court, the O-line sets the tone for everything. But Troy Williams can can win that game for Utah if needs be uh, with his arm. He is, he is a playmaker that BYU has not had to defend the last several years since Brian Johnson. Let's be honest. Since Brian Johnson won the Sugar Bowl for Utah, it's been a long time. 9 to now. Utah has not had a dynamic quarterback that needed to make plays to win games. They relied on their really good defense, which I think they still have. And turnover margin. And their margin. run game. Turnovers. Turnover margin. It's a huge thing. And coming up, we'll talk to head coach Kyle Whittingham of Utah. What role does that play in the rivalry and in program priority? Poof. What is the most important matchup in Saturday's BYU-Utah game? Let's get your responses and move to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on BYU Sports Nation. At Crohn's Ninja. Goldroid versus Phillips. <laughs> the game will be won or lost by a kick. 15 of the last 18 have been decided by 7 or less. I wouldn't be shocked if, if uh, field position turnovers and the kicking game are humongous in this game. I like the designation for Jake Oldroyd as Goldroid. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping, in the, and that's a great name. I'm just hoping in the first quarter that BYU doesn't turn it over five times. Like, if they turn it over three times, I'd be like, hey, that's an improvement <laughs> from the last time. 
That would stink, but it'd be a heck of an improvement. Like, if BYU turns it over only once in the first quarter, will you be like, all right, okay. okay. We, can, we can work with that. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. We can work with that. Turnover margin. Just watch that number. At Matarama 01, the O-line of Utah versus the BYU defensive line. So right in line with what I think is going to be a very intriguing match. How convenient for you. We need to get, he says, we need to get pressure on Williams, Troy Williams, early and often. Let's talk about the Williams in this game for a second. There is like Troy, seven. Utah quarterback, Troy Williams. Uh, Joe Williams, running back. Marcus Williams, safety. And BYU's, of course, Jamal Williams. So which Williams will stand out for which team could determine the game as well. More BYU Sports Nation on the way. Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham joins us. Why the rivalry feels different to him. And Bill Riley, the play-by-play voice of the Utes. What matchup does he think will determine this game on Saturday night? This is BYU Sports Nation. The beard's looking good on Bill. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures in high definition on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. I have milkweeds, but luckily Southfield does not. There's great grass there, and tonight, BYU, the seventh-ranked women's soccer team, will play at 9 Eastern time against SMU. Check it out tonight. The nation's leading scorer, Ashley Hatch, fresh off of the uh, 2-0 victory at Utah, they'll take on SMU tonight. She scored eight goals. That's wild. Eight. Pass the ball. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. He's such a selfish player. Keep scoring, Ashley. What is the most important matchup in Saturday's BYU-Utah gridiron clash? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN at Jason Wallace 23 says the BYU rushing attack. If Jamal Williams can run for 150 yards, that will open up the passing game and BYU will win the game. That's a very, I'd, very talented defensive front seven I'd, he's going to be running against. I'd lower that to like 90. To be honest, if Jamal Williams can get somewhere in the 90-100 range, that would be really good against that Utah front seven. Yeah, I think the trenches are just fascinating to me in this matchup between BYU and Utah <laughs> just, just, on both sides. Just don't turn the ball over, and you got a you got a chance. <laughs> Not five times in the first quarter. <laughs> good grief! For more on that, joining us now is the play-by-play voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Bill, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's been too long. I know. It's been a couple of years, fellas. What's going on? Well, we're just trying to figure out uh, how one would call five turnovers in like nine minutes and not be like, uh, I'm not sure what's happening. Um, yeah, that's that, that was a lot. I wasn't there for the game. Oh, that's I had right. To you did the I, was Duke in, game. I was at Madison Square Garden because two weeks beforehand, it didn't look like the Utes were going to be in the Vegas Bowl. So we made plans and had everything set and ready to go, and I was calling Utah and Duke. At Madison Square Garden, so. Uh, but I was I was following it, and I saw the turnovers, and um, it, it pretty much followed the script of a lot of recent Utah BYU games. And for whatever reason, the Cougars have struggled to protect the football. Now BYU has changed the offense. It's much more conservative. It seems like it will be less uh, turnover prone. Uh, what What were your takeaways from the BYU Arizona game in that regard? Um, I thought that it was a really good, basic game plan. I thought they were clean. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I think the best word to describe both offensively and defensively last week was just a clean game plan. I don't think Detmer on offense, from what I was seeing, did anything overly complicated, um, played to his strengths, kept things pretty simple, 
and uh, I thought they executed it pretty well. And, you know, in a first game out, especially for a guy that hasn't played in a long time at quarterback in Hill and you're running back and first-time coordinator, I, I thought it was a really good, sound game plan for BYU last week. What matchups stick out to you? I know you heard us talking a little bit about the defensive lines on both sides of the ball and and how teams will be able to establish the run, but what are you looking for on Saturday's game that will determine the outcome? I, I think you know, I mean I think you guys hit it on the head with a big one. I, I think BYU has to try to be able to run the football, which is it's it's a tough task. Utah's front seven, really their front four or five are really, really good, physical, and tough. So that, that to me, is going to be matchup number one. And, you know, because, again, do you want to get into a game with a quarterback that hasn't thrown the ball a ton in a while and have him say, okay, you've got to, you've got to throw the ball over. You're going to have to throw the ball 35, 40 times. I think you'd like to have some real balance. And I really think the strength is, Williams running the football and then setting up maybe some play action and, and being able to let Taysom throw the ball from there. If they can't do that, it might be a long day. On the other side for Utah, um, I, I think they kind of want to do some of the same thing. They didn't they didn't run real well against Southern Utah. Southern Utah was pretty stout up front, and, and the offensive lines caught a lot of grief over the last week since that game. So I, I think there's a little chip on their shoulder, but I, I think they would like to too establish the run as well. What kind of difference is Troy Williams? Because now you have a dynamic uh, stretch-the-field uh, quarterback at the helm, which, which the, uh, the guys in the past have managed the game well, and the defense has been good, and the special teams have been really good, and that's how games have been won. It kind of changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think it changes it for the good because I think what you've got now is a guy that can, can really stretch the field for you. Um, you know, it was pretty apparent. I talked to you know, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, and, Asked him about it, and I said, you know, you, you know, you're going to be conservative. He goes, no, I got a guy who can really throw the football, and so I'm, I'm going to throw it. And it was pretty apparent early on. I mean, Troy Williams is a different guy. And no offense to Travis Wilson, Travis was a really good competitor and a winner, but he struggled to throw the football down the field, and, and in some cases made Utah's offense a little predictable. Williams opens that up a little bit. Utah's still pretty unproven with some of their playmakers. Patrick had a good first game. Um, but they're still trying to establish guys like Raylan Singleton and Kyle Folks. They've got talent, there's no doubt about it, but it, it's kind of unproven talent right now. Bill Riley, the voice of the Utah Utes, with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as part of BYU Sports Nation's Rivalry Week coverage. Does it feel different to you this time around, Bill, with Kalani Satake now the head coach at BYU? I mean, how can it really be that much different in one offseason? Um, it's weird. I, I asked the same question on my radio show yesterday, and people, I, I think it, it seems a little more civil. I, I don't know what it was, but there there was not a lot of love between the coaching staffs, and I think that filtered down a little bit to the players um, and, and a little bit to the fans. Um, you know, fans are always going to be fans. There's always going to be a little bit of uh, nastiness and vitriol, but that's okay. That's Rivalries are supposed to have a little – edginess and nastiness to it. I think sometimes it would go to another level that wasn't really needed. Um, but it, it, it feels a little bit different. I mean, this rivalry has felt a little different to me ever since they left the Mountain West. You know, when Utah joined the Pac-12 and BYU went independent, it just it had a little bit different feel for me, if that makes sense. Um, it, it, it's still fun. I love the game, but it's not being played in November either. There's no conference ramifications on the line. You know, Utah's going to have, you know, 
nine bigger games when they get into conference play because they're for conference championships. But the, the, the rivalry, I think the tenor of it all, because Kalani's such a good dude and he and Kyle are close and, you know, Utah fans have a soft spot for him. It's, you know, he may be the coach of BYU and they may root, root their butts off against him this week, but, you know, people like Kalani Sataki because he spent 10 years in the program and built some pretty good defenses. Yeah, it's interesting. Blaine Fowler mentioned the uh, psychological advantage that Utah had in maybe years previous of, those guys don't respect you, Bronco Mendenhall saying it's just another game, dot, dot, dot. He said, there's so much respect and mutual respect, like you mentioned, for Kalani Satake that it almost seems like that element may have been taken away, yet yet it's the rivalry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Kalani, this, guys, you, we know this here. And nationally, some people know it. But, but at the end of the day, this is one of the most unique rivalries, if not the most unique rivalry in college football. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. I mean, when you talk about the different levels of coaches having played in different places and been on different staffs, the religious versus the public component, um, the history down through the years, the battle, you know, 15 of the last 20 matchups have been a touchdown or less. It's, there's so many levels to this rivalry, but I do think there's a little bit more respect between the programs now. On Saturday, I think that all goes out the window. I think Kalani Sataki may love Kyle Whittingham, but, but at the end of the day, if he can beat Kyle Whittingham, he's going to do it. And Kyle Whittingham may think of Kalani Sataki as a brother or a son, but if he can add an extra touchdown on the board, I think he'll add an extra touchdown on the board. The game's still going to be the game, but I think that the tenor leading up to the game and around is a lot better. What is your favorite part about rivalry week between BYU and Utah? And you've been around it for a long time. Uh, just the game. I mean, I just I, I love the game, whether it's at Rice-Eccles, down at Lavelle Edwards. I, I just love it. There's that patch of blue on Saturday. There'll be that patch of red next year down in Utah County. You know, and, and you know, just the intensity of the game and the unpredictability of the game. I think that's the other thing, too. I was talking to, to my counterpart, Greg Rubello, you guys know, this game, it's you never. I mean, who would have predicted five straight turnovers in a game last year? I mean, come on, <laughs> who would have predicted fourth and eighteen being converted? <laughs> I mean, there's just things that happen in this rivalry that you you know you just you don't expect, and you get some great games too. I mean, ten years ago today, or ten years ago this week, I mean, or this season, I should say, is, is you know the, the famous back to Harleen game, but that game was back and forth and back and forth. There weren't any turnovers in that game, guys. I mean, that was just a great football game. So I always say expect a good competitive game, but if weird stuff happens, it may very well happen. It's hard to predict how turnovers will play out because to some degree there's some luck involved there. But if there, if there were no turnovers in this game, how do you see this playing out? Well, I think BYU needs it to be something like that. I think I think they can't afford to be on the road in what will be a very hostile atmosphere against a really good football team and, and, and turn the ball over. I think if you're a home team in a, rival, in a rivalry game, you might be able to survive a turnover or two, but I think road teams have a harder time doing that and losing that turnover battle. So um, I, I think... You know, if Kalani's going to come in and, and try and spring an upset, I think he's going to need to have a pretty clean game, maybe something similar to what he what he had a week ago against Arizona. Uh, but I think he's going to be facing a better football team than he faced in Arizona. That Arizona team still kind of seems, and I said before the season, I 
didn't know what to make of them because they overhauled the defense. They were solid, but I think I still think they're a work in progress. Everybody is at this time of year, but I, I think they need to have a pretty clean game. I think they need to be able to have some balance too. If Utah you know, turns off the running game faucet for BYU and they have to ask Taysom Hill to throw the ball, you know, 35, 40 times. I think that could be a tough day, too. I think BYU needs some balance against Utah. Bill Riley, the voice of the Utes. Follow him at ESPN700Bill on the Twitter machine. In his time at Utah, while you were around him, do you have a favorite story, a Kalani Satake story, that we need to know about? Uh, probably nothing I could say on the air. <laughs> and now that now that he's in Provo, it might get him in trouble with the honor code office. Now, now Kalani's he's just he had a beard well, one time. Well, yeah, he had, there was some facial hair, but I'm I'm pretty sure he might be able to be able to get the beard card down there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. if he wins some if he wins some football games, certainly. Um, I, I just he, he's just a good guy, and, and it, what I like about him is. The one thing I always tell people is he was the guy. You know, when you're the head coach of a program, sometimes you're the CEO, and you can't always be in the trenches with the guys. You're kind of overseeing everything. So he was one of those guys when you'd sit in the cafeteria. Everybody loved him. I mean, he would talk to the managers. He would talk to the quarterbacks. He would talk to the defensive backs. Anybody and everybody, you know. He talked to the black kids. He talked to the poly kids. He talked to the white kids. He was that guy that everybody came to because he was so easy to approach and so easy to talk to. And I know he's kind of started that, that mantra down there of the family atmosphere, which has always been kind of the case up at Utah. They pride themselves on the family thing. But, you know, I, I think he's kind of creating that, that same type thing down there, that approachable kind of family feeling. Bill Riley with this great stuff, man. And speaking of beards and beard cards, the uh, headshot that we're showing on BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV right now uh, has you with a pretty good-looking beard. Is, is that still current, Bill? Yeah, I've got to get it trimmed back. I don't like to keep it long. I'm not one of those hipster doofuses that like to have the ironic <laughs> mustache and the, the hats and things like that. You guys probably don't have a lot of them on campus down there, but they're all over the place in Salt Lake City. Um, I like to keep it close. I, I'm, I'm driving right now, so I don't know. I don't have... I don't have my, my BYU Sports Nation. I've got a DVR, so I'll, I'll watch it when I get home a little later today. <laughs> we know you but, watch every uh, day, so that's great. I, you, know, you don't know, but I watch you every day. Ever since Jerem Jordan was a uh, was an intern way back in the day at KSL, I like to keep tabs on his uh, on his uh, career. But, uh, you know, it's, it's close-cropped. It's still there. Uh, my daughter tells me that I look better with for, for her entire life until two years ago. She never saw me with a beard. And now when she sees me without the beard, she tells me I look terrible. So um, <laughs> that's what you'll get, by the way, when you get daughters, guys. Yeah. Uh, so get used to that. Yeah. But, yeah, I keep, it, I keep it around. So it's still here. Awesome stuff. Say no to the hipster doofus look. <laughs> right. no, iron, no ironic beards, mustaches, or, or glasses. <laughs> Bill, great to talk to you as always, man, and we'll see you this weekend. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Bill Riley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I forgot that he was calling the Duke-Utah basketball yeah, game at there. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, he wasn't there. And, and Bill, back in the day, actually was the sideline reporter for KSL, BYU Radio Broadcasts. And then uh, now he's on the Utah side. So he knows both sides of it. Oh, that's good stuff, man. This is such a fun week. <laughs> such a fun week. And it's about to get better on BYU Sports Nation. We have Kyle Whittingham, the head football coach, joining the show. Will he still want to play BYU if the Cougars get into the Big 12? Stay with us. Welcome back. 
sports friends, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And we'll be somewhere else. Friday, we'll be at Deseret First Credit Union, uh, the campus branch, which is uh, southeast of campus. Come hang out uh, if you're local from 10 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Of course, the show's on at noon Eastern, so same time. Come hang out if you want. Uh, Rumor has it a dunk tank will be there. I have not approved this. What? What? Huh? We're going to have a dunk tank? It's going to be for who? For us? (laughs) You. For me? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. That's tomorrow, right? I don't know. What's the weather going to be like tomorrow? This is all news to me. It might feel good tomorrow. Who knows? It will be warm, but water, knowing our luck, will probably be like 45 degrees. Okay. Today, between 10 and 11, it was six in the 60s. Uh, yeah, no, that's warm not enough, that warm. Warm enough, I guess. It's not it, that warm. It couldn't possibly be colder than what we had in Vegas. <laughs> in December. Oh, dunk tanks tomorrow. I got to hit the gym Credit tonight Union. and tomorrow. Yeah, wow. you get yourself ready, Jerem. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay, it's time that we continue our Rivalry Week preview between BYU and Utah. We just spoke with the voice of the Utes, Bill Riley. He gave us his key matchup to watch for between the Cougars and Utes on Saturday night. Download the podcast, which is available now on Stitcher, as well as iTunes and like 17 million other ways. That's an exaggeration for you, Blaine Fowler. Just find a way to check out the podcast or download it on iTunes, Stitcher. Just find a way, okay? Just find a way. Now... We are proud to present our interview with Kyle Whittingham. We recently spoke to him on everything from the feel of the rivalry to potential scenarios of BYU getting into the Big 12 and what he thinks about that and how it might affect the rivalry moving forward. Here is Kyle Whittingham on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Coach, I'm not sure I have heard the word hug mentioned so many times in specific reference to the BYU-Utah rivalry as I have this week. Since when did hugging become a thing between the Utes and Cougars? Well, you know, with, with Kalani down there, it's, it's put a, quite a different spin on things. And, and uh, you know, a very close friend of mine, and, and that's been uh, talked about all week as well. That's, that's nothing new. But, but uh, hopefully it, uh, you know, takes some of the venom out of the, the rivalry, and it's just good fun, clean competition on the field and, and intense. You know, I use the word fun, but it's, you know, it's, it's intense and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, a, a game where everybody's emotions are sky high. I imagine for the Utah fans, Kalani was a part of that staff for a long time and, and he's been extremely respectful that it'd be hard to uh, not like Kalani. What's the perception of Utah fans with Kalani Sataki as a head coach down here? Well, I think they are very uh, respectful of, of him and very uh, happy for his opportunity i mean he i could tell from an uh you know very early on when he was working for us that he was uh, a guy that was going to be a head coach at at some point it wasn't when it was or it doesn't wasn't if it was a matter of when that would happen and and uh, he got his opportunity and and uh you know it's a great opportunity for him his alma mater i mean what what more could he ask for and and i think the fans here are very uh, grateful, I guess, is the word for what he did for us while he was here, because he was a terrific coach for us, and and uh, I'm sure they got uh, nothing but but uh, best wishes for him. Not in this game, obviously, but uh, for him overall, which I, like I do as well. I like, I do yeah, well. yeah, I like that you use the word intense. I think that's the perfect way to describe the rivalry right now, and I kind of feel like it's becoming 
I want to beat my brother because we all know how that is, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is there is a a certain flavor of that to the to the game now. It seems like when you look at the matchup with BYU, what stuck out to you from the film you've seen against Arizona for the Cougars in their first game under a new coaching staff? Well, very well prepared football team. There's no doubt about that. They were they were ready to play in all three phases. They were very sound in what they did. Uh, very impressed with the offensive plan. You know, did exactly what what you need to do against Arizona, and that's number one, keep the Arizona offense on the sidelines by controlling the football. They did a great job running the ball, you know, over 200 yards rushing, uh, over 200 yards throwing as well, so they were very balanced and uh, protected the football, took care of it, zero turnovers, and, and that's the formula right there that uh, you need to uh, to beat Arizona. We haven't been able to do that for four years. You know, they've, got, they've had our number, and uh, Arizona has, and so they, they were ready to play and, and uh, executed very well, for particularly for an opener. You brought up turnovers. Obviously, those five in the first quarter were unbelievable for both both teams, right? Um, turnovers have played a huge role in this game, especially recently. Is that something you emphasize or you've always emphasized and it just kind of comes to you? Always. It's the number one stat in football other than the final score is, is the turnover margin and, and the turnover battle. And uh, if you can be plus one or better, you've got over an 80% chance to win. And if you're plus two or better, it's somewhere in the mid-90s, and that's just – statistics that have been borne out uh, at least for us for a lot of years and and uh so it's it's a point of emphasis for us every week and it's it's not uh obviously just a defensive stat it's a team stat because you got to take care of the football with your offense and so the turnover the turnover margin is a team stat that uh, is critical to win if you want to be successful utah head football coach kyle whittingham with us on byu sports nation i know that there's not much that keeps you up at night in terms of preparing for a team coach because you've been doing this for a long time and you've seen basically anything and everything but what is the number one concern you have about challenges that byu might present to you in terms of personnel well the running back starts there i mean he's a terrific terrific player and, and runs hard he's big he's he's physical he's fast uh, and he runs with a great deal of violence. I mean, he runs like a running back is supposed to run, uh, breaks tackles, and uh, I was very impressed in, in watching the game, uh, you know, Saturday night. And and then, of course, the quarterback. I mean, Taysom Hill, he's, he's had such a terrific career there and obviously was has not played for a while, but you've never known it by uh, watching him uh, Saturday night. He looked very sharp, almost 75% completion percentage. Uh, and, and I thought, uh, you know, the plan was also geared towards high-percentage throws and, and you know, high-percentage uh, plays, which uh, they executed very well. Uh, Desmond Howard made a big deal about Taysom Hill's age, and then we were like, wait, isn't Andy Phillips 27? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Desmond made a big deal about Taysom Hill's age? Being 26, yes. Oh, yeah, well. So we were like, well, there are guys out there, Chris Winkie, yeah, Brandon Wheaton, sure. it happens. Yeah, Some sure guys ski are. and then they kick, and they're really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but I yeah, I don't know what that comment was about. But anyways, yeah, just old age, which is fun. Yeah. Um, what did you learn about your team against Southern Utah? Well, defensively, um, thought the secondary played pretty darn good. Uh, very few passing yards. We gave up forty something passing yards. Uh, not as good in the run defense as I thought. And that's another thing that's concerning for the game, the upcoming game is is we were not as sharp defending the run as we need to be, and the degree of difficulty is going to be much higher this week than it was last week. Um, Troy Williams thought he came out and did a very solid job in his first performance as, as our starting quarterback. thought the receiver stepped up, and that's need, that needed to happen as well. That was something that, that we had uh, focused on the entire offseason, and I thought they responded. Um, the physicality up front on the offensive line was not where it needs to be. We've harped on that all week and talked about it 
you know, and probably too much. But those guys will be, uh, you know, they, they've they've risen up to the challenge at least in practice, and and uh, looking forward to see what they can do on uh, Saturday night as far as our offensive line. It doesn't take long to watch Troy Williams and know that he's a good quarterback and he's a guy that carries himself with a lot of confidence. How does he immediately change the dynamic of the Utah offense? Well, he's uh, he's got a lot of a lot of. Uh, Tools. He's he's got uh, what you look for in a quarterback as far as his delivery. His mechanics are are almost flawless. The way he delivers the ball and gets it out of his hand quick, uh, his footwork, all that is is outstanding. Um, he's he's very cerebral. He's he's got a complete grasp of the offense. He's a good decision maker, and maybe more than anything else, is he's got leadership uh, qualities that are exactly what you look for in a quarterback. And that was, I think, that was uh, you know manifested by him being. Uh, named a uh, captain before he'd even played a game here. You know, he, had, he was voted by his teammates as one of our team captains without ever having uh, been on the field in a game situation. And so I think that speaks to the level of respect and, and uh, that the, his peers have for him on the football team. Kyle, a couple of years ago, Steve Young called the BYU-Utah relationship like brothers. Um, and so they always get compared like brothers. Uh, what's the biggest difference right now between uh, Utah and BYU football in your opinion? Oh well, we're in different conferences, you know, independent, and and and, a, and we're in a conference, so that's a, that's quite a different world, you know. When you're independent, you have a lot of you know freedom with your schedule, and there's a lot of flexibility, and and uh, you know when you're in a conference, it's it's all about that conference, you know. We're our main objective every year is to try to do well in the Pac-12, and and so that's uh, you know obviously a difference. Um, but other than that, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, we've both been successful for for uh, a lot of years now, and. And uh, you know it's it's good to see. I mean, it helps the. I think it's good for the state of Utah. And, and then you had Utah State, who's been been very good as well. I know they were a little bit down last year, but but looked very good last week. And and uh, I think it's it's win win when everyone in the in the state is uh, is performing well. Speaking of the Pac-12 today, uh, for whatever reason, we were just thinking about home field advantages of Pac-12 schools specifically. Rice Stadium. If it's not at the top, it has to be at the very top. Why is playing in Salt Lake City such a tough thing for visiting teams to overcome? Well, I think it starts with our fans and, and most notably the Mus. We have a great environment. We're not the biggest stadium. We know that. We're 40, 45, 46,000 right in that range, but it's been sold out since 2010. Wow. Every week, and that's, uh, that's a pretty good run right there of, of sellouts, and, and most of those games have been standing room only, and so... I think that the atmosphere there and the, just the noise level and uh, it's just a you know it's a it's a really good venue it's a really good setting and I think it takes people off guard that have never been up here you know it catches them off guard now as the Pac-12 teams you get more familiar with uh, with visiting Rice Eccles you know that that uh, effect may have a you know not quite as uh, much of an impact but but uh, it is pretty intense I've had a lot of coaches that uh, you know only came here for one game uh, Coach Wanstad Dave Wanstad of Pitt for example. When he brought that Pittsburgh team in here a few years ago, he told me, "Hey, I had no idea that the environment was going to be like this. <laughs> we under we underestimated it, and, and I think a lot of uh, first-time visitors to Rice Eccles Stadium feel the same way." Yeah, it was the largest crowd ever for the season opener last year uh, against Michigan. Yeah, that was yep. a huge crowd. Yep. Y- you mentioned it's good for the state if you know if both teams win and Utah State wins and whatnot. With that in mind, does it matter to you if BYU gets into the Big Twelve? Well, it. I guess it's going to have implications for us, as, you know, as far as scheduling, because I think they'll, you know, we we talked about having the rivalry game uh, go on uninterrupted, and 
and we had that two-year hiatus for Michigan, and I think they may run into the same situations if they if they get into the Big 12, and it may it may uh, impact the rivalry uh, a little bit. Um, well, that remains to be seen, but but uh, I really haven't got any uh, you know in, inside info or any idea of you know what you know what uh, the likelihood of that materializing is or not. But no, I, I think in the final analysis. Um, you know we're already not in the same conference, and I, I don't think that's going to have a, a big impact on us. And and uh, but I you know I could be wrong. We'll see. But don't we get all of our information on what's going to happen with that from uh, guys on Twitter that have like a hundred followers, <laughs> well, Coach? I, <laughs> well, I guess you could. I guess that might be a great resource. But I'm not I'm not real dialed into that. <laughs> if BYU got into the Big Twelve, would you want to keep playing every year and try and work that out? Well, ideally, you know, it's a great rivalry, and uh, there's a lot of positives in the game. But, but uh, you know, if, if if that happens for them, then their primary focus is going to be winning the Big 12, and they got to do whatever is best for their program in that regard, just like we do. And and uh, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Coach, it's always great to talk to you, and uh, we are looking forward to the highly anticipated hug that we've been hearing all about <laughs> between you and Kalani Satake. Be quite the hug. All right, we'll try to do a good one for you out there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Coach, great to talk to you. Thanks okay. for the time. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Kyle Whittingham on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Over, under, four seconds for the hug between Kalani under. and Kyle. under. You think it's going to be quick? Yeah. Well, they'll talk, but they won't hug for four seconds. <laughs> Interesting comments from him, right? I, I wanted to gauge, okay, what does he think of BYU, you know, potentially getting to the Big 12? Does that matter to him? Yeah, you need perspective. It'll, we'll see. He's coming from the, okay, when you get into a Power 5, you worry about that more, right? And Bill Riley said Utah will have nine more important games than BYU coming up later in the year, referencing the conference play. If BYU gets into the Big 12 – We'll quickly understand the context of that and what that means, what place the Utah game has and how that's maybe different. Like if BYU gets into the Big 12 and it's for next year, I'm thinking BYU keeps the LSU game, keeps the Utah game, cancels the Wisconsin game and all the other games at home, which would kind of stink, and adds an FCS game. But we'll see. I, BYU and Utah, you still need to play if, even if you're in different conferences. Iowa, Iowa State doesn't. Big 10 and Big 12. Would it really stink canceling some good home games if you're in the Big 12? Wisconsin specifically, yes. Yeah. You've waited. You okay. Hey, what's the chance BYU wins the turnover battle on Saturday? We discuss that and more next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live in Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show, you can always watch the rebroadcast 6 p.m. sharp Eastern time on BYU TV. Hey, coming up Saturday night, 6.30 Eastern time, we'll get you ready for BYU and Utah, the 91st edition of the rivalry. Uh, live from Lavelle Edwards, or excuse me, from Rice Eccles Stadium, Spencer will be there. Uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Brian Logan from Provo. If you're local and you want to come hang out, by the way, just show up, 8 and up. Uh, you can come hang out with us. We had a ton of fun last week. 6.30 Eastern time, Saturday night. That game's on Fox, by the way, nationally. That's a big game. If you want to watch the game with 200-plus crazy BYU fans, the energy in Studio C during those touchdown moments is awesome. Like on Saturday when Free pizza at halftime. Jake Oldroyd kicked that game-winning field goal, it was amazing. It's, we have a ton of fun, and we'll, we'll get you ready for that. This is, I think that this is the best game of week two, by the way, because week one was like the best opening week of all time dating back to 1642. 
this week two, I think it's the best game. Yeah, what's better than BYU-Utah this uh, week? LSU-Jacksonville no. State? Yeah, this eh. might be the game. I think it's pretty it good. It is the game. It's right Let, there if it's Let's not. play What's the Chance about this game. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Okay, time to whip out percentage awesomeness. Jerem Jordan usually likes to go very specific in these percentages. <laughs> With that in mind, number one. What's the chance BYU wins the turnover battle on Saturday? I'll go 41%. Are, no, are you serious? Yeah. Because that's the exact percentage I was going to say. We haven't talked about our percentages no. at all, by the way. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. We haven't. Uh, I'll go 41 because I think that BYU's offense is more conservative. I, they just don't check it down the field to the same degree. And Jamal Williams has never lost a fumble in his career. Like, he's done. Don't say it. You're sport. Don't live your life that way. Come on. I think BYU is in a position where they can force some turnovers on defense. Troy Williams is going to chuck the ball deep. Kind of cool as a ball hawk. Ah! BYU, 41%. I don't go higher because BYU's been terrible in this for a long time, and Utah is good at it, as Kyle Whittingham just told us. That's a number two statistic to them, to the game score. Channeling my inner Brian Keel, I was going with 41%. Okay. You know, I, and I think that's fair. It's a home environment for Utah. They're going to, with that much emphasis on the turnover battle that they've been putting on that program for years, they're going to they're gonna come after BYU. So the Cougars are going to have to answer with just as much intensity. 41% BYU wins the turnover battle. Just stay within one. Just stay within one, and BYU will be in position, I think, to win that game. Yeah. Number two. Speaking of Kainakua, <laughs> what's the chance Kainakua gets another interception? 100%. Kainakua will have an interception in this game. I think wow. it will happen. They threw the ball 35 times against Southern Utah. If, if Utah can't run the ball and they, they're in third long and they throw it a lot, Kainakua is going to be in position to get a pick. He's in the right place at the right time a lot because he's, he's fundamentally sound and where he needs to be position-wise on the field. So if there is an errant throw, he takes advantage, right? He used to be a quarterback. He thinks like a quarterback. That plays into this. 100%. One hundy. Have you ever gone 100% in this? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that you, yeah. I can't recall a time that May you May 16th, 2015, <laughs> I went 100. I have no idea. <laughs> I say 80%. Kai Nakua gets another interception against Utah because I think that Utah will be aggressive passing the ball. I, you I don't need to be aggressive with your percentage. I went 100. I don't think that they're going to be <laughs> able to establish the run game. So just by pure statistics, they're going to throw the ball a lot more, which raises the chance of Kainakua getting an interception against okay. Utah. Number three. What's the chance BYU beats Utah? I'll go, I'll go, oh, this was hard. I'll go 43% on this, David Nixon. Okay. okay. I, th- I think that that's, listen, BYU's lost five in a row. They haven't won there in 10 years. This is a new offense. La di da di da di da. I think BYU can go in there and win. My hope is that BYU has a chance in the fourth quarter to win this game. I go 43%. Yesterday, I said I expect the unexpected. And we laid out all of the details about why BYU should not win this game. Utah is favored to win this game. They're at home. They've won five in a row. And for that reason, I'm, I'm sticking with what I went with yesterday. I expect the unexpected, and that is for BYU to win this game. So, Jerem Jordan, so how's this for bold? 100%. 100%! BYU's going to win this game. One dollar! Because nobody expects it. They're not supposed to. Go and win the game, baby. Find a way. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around, and up that on the PGA Tour. Stay with us.
BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU and Utah, two days away at Rice Eccles Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts at 6.30 Eastern time Saturday night. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham joined us today and said the following about BYU running back Jamal Williams. Quote, he runs with a great deal of violence. He runs like a running back is supposed to run. He also mentioned the rivalry tenor has changed because of his relationship with Kalani Satake. Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel has picked BYU to win Saturday's game as well. 26-24 saying Utah's run game struggles could be the difference. Lawn starter <laughs> came out with the top 12 drone-worthy <laughs> stadiums in college football. Lawn starter. Naming Lavelle Edwards Stadium number three. Can you get lawn starter to help you out with your milkweeds? Please. Soccer. Number seven, BYU women's soccer plays tonight at home versus SMU, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Freshman libero Mary Lake is the ESPN Women's Player of the Week. Lake had 38 digs against 11th-ranked Ohio State in a come-from-behind win for BYU, the second most in any match since 2001 by a BYU player. Cougars in the NFL. Chicago Bears fullback Paul Asike has been named to the 2016 Polynesian Pro Football Player of the Year Watch award list. Tennis. Let's see. Men's tennis opening the season on the home courts today for the Utah Fall Tennis Classic. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman in the playoffs went 3-for-5 as a leadoff hitter in the American Conference Finals for the Nashville Sounds in AAA. Uh, Adam Law, 1-for-4 with the AA Jackson Generals. And an update from Cougars in the PGA. Join me, won't you, Jerem? Cougars in the PGA. There it is. Daniel Summerhays playing today in the BMW Championship. Summerhays <sighs> currently tied for 36. Kind of cool, is that you? Shooting two over through 10 holes. Jerem? Very nice. Hey, he's he's uh, playing pretty well. He's, he's dipped a little bit. Remember, he was even. Now he's plus two. He's very consistent. I'm, I'm impressed with what Daniel Summerhays has so done in his professional career. So am I. Consistently terrible at golf. <laughs> <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com, Jerem. Clearly, clearly today there is a man who deserves it. Mm-hmm. And his name is Bob Bolsby. There you go. Sorry, didn't mix it up. What's the most important matchup in Saturday's BYU-Utah game? Our elite tweet of the day from at J underscore Jones 86. BYU versus a vat of Vaseline. Versus Control you. the ball and we can win. Can I use Vaseline on milkweeds? Question mark. Thanks to our <laughs> guests today, Bill Riley and Kyle Whittingham. <laughs> Download the show for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Bruce Quinton. Later. Yeah. Yeah.